0: Hey, everybody, I'm Eric, and today I watched WWE 2018 Week 12, which aired from March 19th through March 21st. I'm getting to this quite a bit later than usual since I went to uh, California this past weekend, partly in order to see Strong Style Evolved in Long Beach. That was a pretty awesome show. I'll talk about that a little bit more at the end of this episode. Um, I did not take notes for everything that happened this week because there's so much that happened that I got to just focus on the highlights, the big, big news. First, we had the ultimate deletion on Monday Night Raw. Um, that That was pretty awesome. But then the next morning... It was announced that Daniel Bryan is cleared to wrestle, and that is fantastic. Uh, He talked about it on the opening of SmackDown, and uh, then subsequently, since he was cleared to get beaten up, he got beaten up by Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn after Daniel fired them from the company. Yes, there were other things that happened on Raw and SmackDown, but I don't remember. We had the Mixed Match Challenge. Asuka and The Miz defeated Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss to advance into the final match of the Mixed Match Challenge. And then it was revealed that Charlotte and Bobby Roode's competitor, the Second Chance fan vote... Was none other than Finn Balor and Sasha Banks. So I'm looking forward to seeing that match next week. Asuka and the Miz versus Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss was so much fun. Tons of stuff happening. Um, The chemistry between Braun and Alexa. Braun, he needs a partner to go up against the club. Why is he searching for a partner? He has a tag team partner, he's had one for the last 10 weeks. Or uh, whenever their first actual match was. And uh, they've been great together. She doesn't even have to do anything in this fight against the bar. Uh, She just needs to provide moral support and distractions. She doesn't have to actually attack anybody. And uh, Braun Strowman can handle the rest, I think. But uh, we'll see what happens there. Other uh, possibilities for tag team partners that I think would be pretty great um well of course the the obvious choice James Ellsworth um get these hands any man with two hands that they, they just go together really well um and of course Braun Strowman is the one who launched uh James Ellsworth into fame Fa- fam I was gonna say family, but that is not a word um uh back when he uh destroyed him on an episode of Monday Night Raw years ago now That was like two years ago. Wow. Um, Another possibility that I think would be pretty dang great is Braun Strowman and the Big Show, the biggest tag team in the world. I don't know if they would actually be the biggest tag team in the world, but I think they would be. They'd be bigger... Then Heavy Machinery, Authors of Pain, all of the current tag teams would quake in their boots at that at that matchup of Braun and, and Show. But uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, as of this recording, Raw and SmackDown of next week have already happened. Um, I've avoided almost all spoilers, so maybe this has already progressed or whatnot. Um, but we'll, we'll find out WrestleMania is only two weeks away. Wow. Okay. Uh, then we had two Oh five live, uh, drew Gulak versus Mustafa Ali was the main event. Uh, they were, they would determine which one of them would face Cedric Alexander in the final tournament match at WrestleMania. And this, this match was, was great. I loved it. I was a little bit disappointed that Drew Gulak lost, but I was also very excited that Mustafa Ali won. Either way, it was going to be a good time, and uh, this sets up uh, Drew Gulak's rage against whoever ends up winning the championship, and uh, he's going to go right after them, I'm sure. So I'm super excited for that. Uh, We also had main events where I think Heath Slater defeated Kurt Hawkins. And then we also had a tag team of Tony Nice, Aria Daivari, and Jack Gallagher? Uh, It was a six-man tag team. Uh, Those guys fought Lucha House Party, Kalisto, um, Lince Dorado, and Gran Metallic. So that was a pretty fun match as well. We had... um, Oh, no, that's not what it was. It was... It was TJP in that last slot, not Jack Gallagher, because uh, one of one of the guys was, like, spanking. I, I posted a video of it on Instagram of one of the fun moments in this match. Why am I talking more about main event than any of the rest of the shows last week? It was the most memorable, really, because these shows, uh, the main event matches are, are just so much fun. Um, and then that brings us to NXT where, uh, Champa comes out again, week after week, well, I don't know what he expects to change, everybody's booing him, all of that, uh, there's a great, uh, elderly lady who gave him a big, solid thumbs down, which is great, um, and then one of the fans who is wearing a Lucha mask, Tore off the master reveal. He was Johnny Gargano and he, and, he, and, he, and he beat up Tommaso Ciampa. And that that was pretty fun. That was pretty fun. Another important thing that happened on this week's NXT was another dusty tag team classic match. Uh, we had a withdrawal from Mustache Mountain due to Tyler Bate having an injury. And his replacement, or rather Mustache Mountain's replacement, was Roderick Strong and a mystery partner to face off against Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, or as I call them, There Will Be Blood. Although this might be the first match that I've seen um, with either of these guys that did not end up with bloodshed. Uh, but it was still a great match. Uh, the mystery partner turned out to be Pete Dunn, the United Kingdom champion who had previously fought Roderick Strong to defend that championship at, uh, it wasn't, it was filmed at TakeOver, but it uh, wasn't part of TakeOver, um, in Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, this, this match w- was awesome and, uh, Pete Dunn and Roderick Strong progress to the next round of the Dusty Tag Team Classic. I'm looking forward to that. I'm not sure what the I'm not sure who they're facing. I think that was the final match of the first round. Um, so I think that Street Profits are facing um, um, Authors of Pain, and then that leaves uh, that leaves Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne face i think sanity i don't want to look it up because um the last time i did that i got spoiled on like three future matches since it already it had already been taped at that point so the wikipedia page somebody updated with all of the information as opposed to just the information that we've seen on tv kind of disappointing anyhow that that was it for this week a very quick summary I'm sure there are all kinds of moments that were very enjoyable that I completely forgot about because the excitement of Daniel Bryan being back as a wrestler is uh, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. Think of all the dream matches that we could have just him versus every single other person that we haven't seen him fight before. All of them dream matches. Okay, onward to Strong Style Evolved, March 25th, 2018, Walter Pyramid, Long Beach, California. I posted a 30-second summary of my night, (laughs) basically just chose a couple of matches that I got a picture of, and uh, said they were good, because they were good. It it was great. Um, Being there in person... I'm really glad that I was there in person because from what I understand, the actual broadcast of of it was not good. Um, a lot of times when I would look up at the, um, at the big screen to see what they're catching on camera, they're missing like the best stuff that was happening, like taunts and, uh, setups for, for moves, like getting you amped up for something that's going to happen off the top rope or something. You have no idea it's happening so I could definitely understand it being disappointing for viewers at home. Um and I guess the the commentary wasn't very good either. Anyhow, uh let's just do a rundown of all the matches that took place. Uh I, I apologize if I mispronounce any names. Uh, we opened up, th- this was kind of like a house show that was it just happened to be televised um, in that it was mostly tag team matches. We had one championship match. Jay White defended the United States Championship. Um, but uh, otherwise, it was all just kind of spectacle matches, uh, a lot of bullet club story progressive progressing matches and stuff like that anyway uh we opened up with Rapongi 3k versus SoCal Uncensored um and rapongi 3k won that match uh and then Taguchi Japan Juice Robinson and David Finlay defeated Chaos Hiroki Goto and Guido. um uh that yeah that match was that match was really good I like that um there was the one, I think it was Yo- uh, Toru, <laughs> It was really, really funny um, in this next match. We had Killer Elite Squad, Lance Archer, and Davy Boy Smith Jr. Um, defeated Chaos, Toru, Yano, and Chucky e. T. So in this match, um, well, he was, like, promoting his DVD and all kinds of stuff, and... Um, was trying his best not to get tagged in. Um, but finally Chuck T did tag in Toru Yano and, um, it did not go, it did not go very well. Um, next up we had bullet club, Cody and Marty Skrull versus gorillas of destiny, Tamatanga and Tangaloa. Bullet club is fine. The prelude to this match is so entertaining. um, Ah, I loved it. My favorite moment. It's a lot to describe, so I'll just say that my favorite thing was when (laughs) Marty Skrull, the star of the night, I think. He had the most involvement throughout the night. It was like two things. But yeah, this match had all kinds of great antics uh, before this match with being excited that the Gorillas of Destiny destroyed Cody or attacked, attacked Cody, basically turned on and said, yeah, this match is happening. And then after realizing that uh, Marty wasn't actually on the right side of things there, uh, retreating back to Cody and then <laughs> clasping onto him like a baby koala on its mother's back and then uh, summoning Brandy over to to, uh, to increase the embrace, increase the feeling of safety after that brutal attack. Uh, but yeah, th- this match was really fun and, uh, ultimately Cody and Marty won the match. And that leads us to, uh, the eight man tag team match on one side, Hatsua Naito, Sonata, Bushi, and Hiromu Tagahashi, who defeated the team of Taguchi Japan plus Dragon League. Um, I can't remember anything specific from this match. It was it was just bonkers. They got eight guys going at it. It was a lot of fun. Um, up next, this was originally going to be Rey Mysterio versus Jushin Thunder Liger. Um, a little. I was I was I was bummed out that Rey got injured. He's still rehabbing his his torn bicep, but he was still there. He said he wanted to apologize to everybody face to face, but it was for more than just that because we got set up for the future. Um I think we're going to see this or whatever match Ray does, it's going to be at um the G1 special at Cow Palace in July and I've got to go to that if I can. Um but uh it, it, we, instead of Ray versus Liger We got Will Ospreay take his place. And uh, this match was a a ton of fun. All kinds of great stuff. Uh, Will Ospreay won. And he proceeded to challenge Mysterio. Because he wants to elevate this Junior Heavyweight Championship as high as possible. By defeating all the legends. Defeating all of the best of the best of the best. And as he's issuing that challenge marty Skrull attacks he demasks ray mysterio and uh villainy is afoot um yeah i, I i'm looking forward to see what happens here it was a great great moment um and he was wearing barely wearing ray's mask just on the top of his head and uh it was a great great image and uh i can't wait to see what happens next? What does happen next, immediately next, is a tag team match, uh Suzuki Gun, Minoru, Suzuki, and Zack Sabre Jr. versus another chaos team, Kazushika Okada and tomohiro Ishii. Oh my, the the villainy of Zack Saber Jr. He's even more of a villain than Marty Skrull. No, that's that's saying a lot. That's a big claim. Not quite as much of a villain. Because at least Zach didn't take somebody's mask off. How rude. More than anything else, this match set up the upcoming IWGP Heavyweight Championship match. Okada versus Zack Sabre Jr. I uh, recently won the New Japan Cup. And as a result, he has challenged Okada. Up next, at this point, I was starting to get a little bit famished. This is like a three and a half hour show, so you're approaching the three hour mark um when this the, the when this match began. I had to get some food and some caffeine. Um, so I did miss the just the, the first couple minutes of Jay White versus Hangman Page. Oh man, this this match was brutal. Uh, I, at times it seemed as though Jay was in fact trying to end Hangman Page's life with all kinds of crazy suplexes off of things, into things. Oh boy. Um, But I, yeah, I like this. I like this match a lot. Top three matches of the night for me. Number three, it, it's my third favorite match of the night. Number two, Osprey versus Liger. Number one, Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks. Talk about that in a second. Uh, so this match was for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship, and Jay White did successfully defend the title. After the match, I believe it was David Finlay who issued a challenge to Jay White. He wants a shot at that championship himself, and that brings us to the main events: the Golden Lovers Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi versus the Young Bucks Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson. There aren't enough words to for me to describe. The experience of, of watching this match is just friggin' awesome and there were a couple of times where I could feel at least me nearly have a heart attack and the everybody around me almost have a heart attack. And the main instance was that double suplex that double superplex that uh, started to go off killed her but Ibushi put his foot out made the save they're able to he was able to redirect them back into the ring oh man oh man that was worrisome i'm so glad it didn't go wrong uh what i thought about was uh the wheel of death and the cirque du soleil show kusa i think they have another version of the wheel of death in one of the las vegas shows that has three um barrels instead of just two um but anyway they have part of it where they purposely almost mess up they they purposely mess up but it's controlled and so it gives you that thrill of like oh my god they almost just fell off of that thing and fell to their death and that got me thinking like some wrestling matches it doesn't feel like anybody's actually in danger. Not that somebody has to actually be in danger, but that, that extra thrill of like, not everything is going super perfectly. Like things are almost going wrong. Things are actually going wrong at some points. Um, not that it's not that it's a good thing as far as the health of the people involved. But if you're able to do that, if you're able to create that and it's on purpose that it seems sloppy at times, that it seems like mistakes are being made, that it seems like things are about to go very, very wrong, but actually it isn't. And I'm not saying that uh, any of those moments or some of those moments were on purpose and were in complete control. There were a couple of them that I thought, Oh, that looked crazy, but he knows exactly how he's falling out of that, like getting like freaking suplexed over the top right, uh, top rope to the outside. Um, I guess it was like a back body drop when that happens. I think that was in um, the previous match. But anyway, uh, to create that type of thrill is like something that I have not really experienced um at WWE matches um which is understandable like it's risky so it it may not really be worth that risk of something actually going wrong uh but in anyway it adds an, another level of excitement to this match that i wasn't even expecting cuz when you think of all these guys you think oh these they're at the top of their game they're not going to make any mistakes probably um and as it turns out uh when passion gets involved when emotion is in there when uh the conflicts of fighting your best friends with your best friends um it, it all makes things go a little bit haywire and uh there are also some great story moments with that, with uh Kenny especially uh being hesitant to attack uh Matt in particular. He early on in the match he stops Kota Ibushi from uh focusing on Matt's back as he has that uh weight belt since he's having some back problems. And um yeah, that plays throughout the match. The match was a solid 35 minutes or so 39 minutes and 21 seconds and I enjoyed every one of those seconds um so so yeah that's it I officially talked about this New Japan show for one and a half times as long as this week's WWE stuff so I will end there Um, I really hope that I'm able to go to the G1 special at the Cow Palace in, I think it's in Daly City, um, in the San Francisco area. Um, it's on July 7th. Um, if you're looking to, to go to that, keep your eyes peeled as well for whenever tickets go on sale there. Hopefully I haven't already missed it. Anyhow, uh, that's it. Let me know what you thought about this week in WWE and... This week in New Japan Pro Wrestling by tweeting me at TIW Podcast. Go to todayiwatched.com for more reviews. If you enjoyed this episode or anything else on the site, please share some links with your friends. Subscribe on iTunes. Write a review on iTunes. Uh, the show is also on Spotify now. How about that? And support the show even more at patreon.com slash todayiwatched. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll be back next week for WWE Week 13. Bye!